sends it back with a monster block. Hello and welcome to the A-Space podcast where we love to bring you the biggest names in world volleyball. We have been treated so far and we have another fantastic episode for you this week. Louis Lett here and I will be today's host. Myself and Dave Rogers share the presenter and will always be joined by our CV volleyballing mavericks of Matt Rogers and Daniel Meanley. Today we have Maverick Louis. That's how you describe it this week. Lovely. Mate, I'm seeing how much effort you're putting in behind the scenes Listen, I think Maverick could be, uh, I could even be underplaying you with, with that description. It's, you, you and Dan are doing some heroic work, so you, you deserve that. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Really good. Um, excited for this one. As I said last time we had uh, the guest on, love the States. So yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting about it. Yeah, I think I'm really intrigued to hear about how the college system uh, works and, and how life in sort of have a good understanding of life in California, but it's, it's always good to know a bit more. Um, so we're meeting uh, between four world stars to kick the A-Space project off. We're recording remotely due to this current situation. London, Cornwall, Latvia today, and we're going to alternate these with our unscripted and debate series, which will come out on Friday. Right, Matt, are you ready to go again? Shall we meet our guests? Because she is one of the brightest young talents, which we've said on every episode, but she's also brawling and intriguing to and her story is is really interesting and that's why today is going to be another great episode 2018 FIVB top rookie 2019 most improved team with partner Anastasia Klavchenica 2019 European champ first ever AA collegiate beach volleyball player to qualify for the Olympic Games gold in 2016 at the under 22 European champs gold at the 2015 under 18 European champs and a third at the under 17 world champion 2014. Tina Graldina, welcome back to the A Space. We have missed you. Hello, so good to be here. It looks colder today, Tina. You're wearing a coat today. Yeah, it's it's the north wind. It's it's making everything much colder. Uh, and you were right. I assume that you listened, but you were right. The mystery man is Russian. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah. I'm happy about that. At least something. Yeah, yeah. And we've had a few more clues. So should we top top the show with this this time? And we'll quickly run through. And Tina, you can give us your guess. We're getting to the point where the mystery man, we have to be close to mystery man. I hope whoever's listening is is into this and trying to get, guess who this is. But Matt, take it away. Mystery man. Right, so it's a volleyballer who's won the Champions League, the European Championships, and the Olympic Games, but not the World Championships. Shoe size of 14, right-handed, known for their spiking. Two clubs, born in March 1988, two metres and three centimetres high. Volleyball idol Sergei Tetchukin. So you could have assumed he was Russian, and he confirmed he's Russian. And he's an opposite who wears the shirt number 17. So... For me now, it's it's quite clear, but not confirmed. Tina, who do you think it is? Uh, yes, well, for me, with not being so much into indoor volleyball, I had to do a little bit of thinking on this and some help from the Google. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was thinking that maybe it could be Maxim Mikhailov. Wow. Uh, so but I'm guess. not sure at all, so... He sounds like a, a March player, <laughs> born in March. Two M's, two M's as well. 14 yeah. feet. 
Well, I cannot confirm yeah. nor deny whether it is Maxim Mihailov. Uh, but next we week we will wait. know for sure. So You can't be far away. Okay. Can't, I don't want to say any more because I'm worried I'm going to give something away. away. Um, I mean, yeah. Once in my life, keep my mouth shut as well. <laughs> <laughs> you learn something new yeah, every day. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a learning curve. On... Right, should we crack on with the, the topic then, the, the theme for today? I can't wait for this. The NCAA, um, the college experience today, Tina. And this is the dream. So many athletes to play college sport or college volleyball, especially if you've been mates. Always, do you love it out there? Um, yes, it's definitely... Uh... A big, a big privilege to be in a university, especially a Division One university, and um, and for like a lot of American girls, it's it's such a good way how to get the education for uh, much less money uh, for than it actually costs because unfortunately the highest education in the U.S. is like so expensive. But uh, I would say for the European youth, they for athletes, it's actually not that uh, known about the the advantages that you get by studying in the U.S. What, what are some of those advantages? Um, the biggest one is that the, your studies and sport is very connected. So all the coaches, they're very aware. And there's actually a whole book of laws that they have to follow by to ensure that they don't step over the line of uh, like coaching us too much we have certain amounts of hours that we can practice a week and the rest is uh, meant for studying and the same goes from the professors part they are aware of our uh, athletic uh, other side of our lives which is the sport and uh, they are uh, instructed from the university to respect or uh, or tournaments or training camps that we have to go to and miss some class how many training sessions do you have a week we have uh, six volleyball sessions and four physical trainings which amounts up to total of 20 hours a week and you're not supposed to go over these 20 hours if you do then we are allowed to report or coaches to the um to the office of something and then they get in trouble <laughs> did you ever have to report anyone uh no i have not but uh, other teams from other sports they've uh, uh they've had actually they have done it and they had to may minimize their their training in response to the fact that they went over to that they went over the hours a few months ago and that's just the physical side of things, right? That you're allowed to do other, like, I don't know, mental sessions, um, scouting stuff on top of the 20, or is that all included? No, it's all included. Your coach oh, can right. contact you only for, like, 20 hours a week. But there are some uh, some different... I'm not sure exactly of all the technical aspects of this. The rules are very, very specific and a lot. So I'm just I just know that I shouldn't be on the court for more than 20 hours a week. And it's a lot of time, actually. So quite enough to get all the practice in that yeah. you need. Yeah. 
and it's every week so it doesn't matter if if it's busy with exams or if you're quiet with exams you, you have uh, yes. 20 hours uh, that's true well the only thing is that we have exams only at the very last week of each semester so it's only two weeks in the school year and that's in those weeks we do not have practice thankfully yeah it's 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 really uh it's an interesting topic because it's very similar to what you'd train at home, really, isn't it? It's, you wouldn't train more than 20 hours well, a week. Well, yes, in Latvia we would. We would train a little bit more. But um, the the quality, well, no, the quality is also the same in both places. It's just uh, in Latvia I train with more of a professional approach towards a specific goal. But in uh, in the United States, just because we are so many girls in one team, we're... Uh, more than 16 and there's two coaches with one volunteer coach and that is enough for everyone but you still have you don't have a full attention of your coach just on you so we have to uh, always remember that we're a team and we're as strong as or as the weakest link of our team and that's why we always work towards the um towards making our team better not specifically maybe just us individuals so you won't in, in turn get sort of individual sessions from your coach it, it will always be individual sessions now interesting so it's quite hard to get that constant feedback i mean something i love about coaching beach volleyball um is that sort of one to two people or the one to four people and, and constantly having a dialogue going does it does it sort of um, is it frustrating at times not to have that dialogue or are you quite happy working things out? Um, I'm quite happy to work things by myself. And I think it's just the American way of uh, Americans value team sports a little bit higher, I think, than individual athletes, because it's in their in their eye, in their eyes, it's just um, more effort, more organization. It's harder to achieve great results with a bigger group of people just technically i think and that's why they've made beach volleyball which essentially is quite of an individualistic sport they've made it into a team sport to like spice things up to make it interesting to make it harder for universities to to win and uh, that reflects on the type of uh, mentality we have in the trainings on the type of mentality i have in competitions as well and uh, that's different from training just with my partner and my coach back home in latvia here it's, yeah very nice is it is it true that anacolia saw you play at the under 17s in mexico and, and yes that was and she put an eye on me and dragged me into the whole system <laughs> it's uh yes it's true uh, my dad was there with me as well to cheer me on and help me there and he had a good con he started just introduced himself to Anna Collier and he said I have a daughter and uh, he was very sneaky back at the time he already I had no idea he was talking about that stuff but he said that she might maybe want to go to a university once she gets older at some point in her life and Anna was like oh wow this is a good idea I guess and uh, yeah she contacted me a few years later out of a blue air just had my Skype uh, username and called me and I was like who is this and she's like on a call you remember <laughs> so yes and is it true did, did you have dreams of going to a university in the states <laughs> no no I had not I wasn't aware of the opportunity yet that I could do that uh, okay and what what was the plan what was 
plan B or, or the original plan prior to this becoming an opportunity? Well, for me, always education was is still very important. So I would structure my life around where I can study. If I hadn't gone to the United States, I would stay here in Latvia, study in a university here, probably the same topic, political science. And I would just play uh, train, train volleyball here. And I heard that you um, you arranged your studies to have like the year off this year because of the Olympics. Yes. And everything was, is going to restart uh, in 21. But obviously now the Olympics is in 21. What's the situation? Yes. And I, and I can't take back my gap year, which I have missed. And uh, it's kind of funny, ironic. You, I, I've started to laugh about this, but it's actually pretty horrible because i i will have done literally nothing this year i we we got a three months off after september and once we qualified for tokyo so that was just a vacation for me then we got uh, just two months of training and then the coronavirus started so it's again nothing for me so i have a truly empty year of doing nothing but um, about the gap year it was very hard decision to make to even take it uh, and i had to decide whether or not i want to take it a year before which is so so early and a year before that i we weren't even a main draw team on the fibb world tour and i had to set, tell my coach if i want to take a whole year off from university to try to go to olympics which in my eyes was so far off unreachable goal that we probably will not make make it and i don't know why i still this i decided okay i'd rather just actually try with my whole heart like 100% do everything for the Olympic Games and if I do not qualify then it's just going to be an experience a stepping stone that I can step on in the future for the next Olympic Games uh, but unfortunately but unfortunately I did qualify and uh, it wasn't for Wayne to take the year off because it was a bit of a gamble but, that paid off initially and now it's kind of backfired a little bit. yeah Initially, it did pay off perfectly, but now, now I could have taken, I could have still studied and be one year closer to finishing my studies and just be done. And we've we've got to know you over these three episodes, and you're clearly a very driven, productive person. You like to to achieve things and move forwards. How has it felt to do nothing? It's not that nice of a feeling. Uh, because I, all my friends are in university. All my friends, some of them have finished their mass, uh, their bachelor already, and are going into their master uh, degree. And um, and I tell them that I'm so jealous of them that they're like they have already a degree. But then they tell me that they're jealous of me that I have this volleyball and th these achievements that I fight for here in my sphere. So it's just a matter of perspective of uh, what you value most. And it, that's uh, that's how it usually goes, that you think what other people have is better that you have, while actually it can be the other way around. Yeah. yeah, it's another year to prepare for the Olympics. That preparation may be a little bit tougher with the studies, but it is another year. Yes, exactly. And uh, we'll see how we manage uh, the actual training together because the past two years we always met in May with Anastasia and just started playing. This year, I guess we'll maybe 
try to have a few practices in before the season starts, but we'll see how it goes because if I'm in the university, I have like the rules are very strict. Like I have sold my body to USC and they can do whatever they can with me. They pay for my education, for my housing, for my food. So they have the, uh, the say of whether or not where I can go. But uh, of course, I'm so lucky and fortunate with my coaches right now, before with Anna Collier, right now with Dane Blanton and Gustavo Rocha. They're wonderful and they understand that I am right now an athlete on the, and only then a student and a USC. Um, yeah. I was going to say, like, what's, what's the influence of like Anna and Dane? Like surely they're really supportive and they're they're in awe of what you're what you're achieving as well when you're away from Yes, Anna Collier was and is still such a strong support that I feel that has my back and uh, is always wishes me a good luck and is ready to help me whenever I need to need the help. And I have some good quotes uh, written in my phone from her, not to forget uh, not to forget what she's uh, taught me. And, uh, and Dane Blanton, I know him as my, uh, he was the second coach when I was still in USC. And uh, right now he's the head coach. And uh, he's just like an, uh, a role model, role model in general in life about an, a gold medal athlete who's achieved so much in his life. And he's decided mm-hmm. to help me now to help us to do the same thing. And it's amazing. Yeah, I was saying before that when you like won the Euros and when you qualified, like, because I went from Hamburg, we like messaging me like, oh my days, what what is even happening here? And yeah, he's he's definitely got your back, and I think he's going to love working with you when yes when you get back to uh, get back to school. It's it's really intriguing. You're saying, you know, that USC um, have in theory brought you. Um, can you let us know a little bit more into the struggle of like what what you said in the opening episode about? You don't receive prize money. Yes, I do not. And that must, that must be really tough because, you know, like you're earning prize money now and it would it would genuinely really help you. Yes. How do you feel about um, it? Where does it go? I'm fortunate <laughs> enough that my parents, they like provide me housing here while I'm home. And in that sense, I don't need to pay rent or stuff like that. And when I'm in uh, the university, they provide me housing. And um, and also a stipend, which is for Latvia's levels quite a lot, and uh, that's why financially, I personally I feel pretty well off. But of course, the money that I could have gotten if I would not be playing in USC, it, it especially after this season, it's it's starting to get like it's starting to increase more and more of what I need to say no to. But one common misconception is that uh, a lot of people ask me that the universe does the university get the money that I have to uh, say no to, but it's not true. Uh, the money prize money stays with the organizer of the tournament, so the university actually doesn't receive anything from it. All they care is that I don't receive it. But uh, yes, that does seem strange, but I'm sure there's good reasons for it. <laughs> yeah, the rules are mostly made for. Uh, 
football players and basketball and baseball players and only because it's equality for everyone so all sports need to follow the same rules but they just want to ensure that the college football players american football players that they don't get like million dollar deals and still get stipends and get to so it's like more about them but we have to follow the same rules Let's look at the stuff they do give you. You said they give you accommodation and stuff. So where, where in California are you based when you're over there? What, what's the living setup? Yes. So USC, University of Southern California is in Los Angeles, in uh, South Central Los Angeles, which is not the nicest part. Um, a lot of the uh, parents are sometimes uh, a little bit nervous about their kids going there because it's uh, more of a rundown part of the city. But it's actually, it's no problem. If you, if you take care of yourself, you'll be fine. But yes, as you know, Los Angeles is big. So there's a, all the beaches. We practice every Saturday morning. Our team goes to practice on the beach. We used to practice on, in Manhattan Beach. Now we'll go to Santa Monica because it's closer where Dane lives. And uh, yes, I, so far I'm just still exploring the city and still finding new stuff every every month, every day. And, uh, and right now, currently, I'm actually taking a summer online class and uh, studying about U- Los Angeles. And uh, it's, it's very, a very interesting city. Did you know much about LA before you went there for college? Did you go there a few times? Um, or? No, I hadn't been there before ever. And I didn't know that much about it. Only that it's a beach volleyball hotspot with a lot of good players. But just just as much as I, I actually when I went there, I finally realized what is LAX and like, because why don't you just say the airport? Why do you have to call it the LAX? It's, it's kind of weird and like stuff uh, like similar stuff like that. That's what I found out. Do you feel at home in, in LA? Does it feel homely to you? Um, no, not really. It's uh, in USC, yes. But uh, if I would live in the city like with a roommate somewhere i it's it's pretty scary like you have to make a lot of connections a lot of friends to finally feel at home but the volleyball community it is like still pretty small so if you live around hermosa manhattan beach then yes you can run into a lot of people you know in your on while you're grocery shopping or stuff like that so that's uh, that's like a family that will never go away if you keep playing they missed you this year as well didn't they i i think i don't know I, well with the friends that i talk with yes of course i miss them very much i i think they miss me as well at least everyone says that they're excited when i will come back and uh, me too it's gonna be i love new like challenges new journeys and with we'll have a lot of new girls on the team and i finally want to win, win the ncaa championship like I want to get the famous ring that everyone's talking about or some, something like that. I don't know. That would be nice. Is your record something like 64 and four? Is that correct? Yes. Might be wrong. Yes. Two, we lost two games each season. That's some record. Yes. But of course you can imagine I'm very disappointed about the four games we lost. <laughs> the 64 you won. Uh, <laughs> uh, those are nothing. <laughs> I'm focusing on the ones that we could have won. Out of those four, two were for McNamara Twins, and the other two were the type of games where we we made our own mistakes, and it's like they didn't win, we just lost. We let them win. So that's those are the ones that I'm thinking about when 
I can't fall asleep. <laughs> when you go back, will you have the same um, the same partner? No, she graduated on my sophomore year, and Abril Bustamante. She we had such a great connection on the course. I felt it was amazing to play with her. But uh, that's the also very exciting part coming back next year because I don't know who my partner will be and uh, I just can't wait to like see who like figure out who this girl will be and just like work on something together to create a good team and yes and unlike Latvia which we talked about last episode you will be put with someone so this will be a coach selection or will you choose um in Latvia, you can choose as well. We were, me and Anastasia, we just happened to be, the, like, we just happened to be in the one year where they did put the oh, teams okay. together. But uh, in Latvia, Latvia, we don't even have the choice of choosing any other player to play again, together with. Like, I am the only blocker and Anastasia is the only defender. There literally isn't anybody we could even substitute if one of us got a injury or something, so... <laughs> and in and in uh, USC, who will choose your partner? The coaches. They have all the say. They're the main ones, and I we can only suggest make suggestions or say or preferences. But at the end of the day, they will decide the what which tactical uh, mix of the teams will make the most sense. Because sometimes you don't even want to put the two best players together. Maybe you want to spread out the strong players in like from teams one to five and because you know how you don't want to win strongly only one team yeah. and then lose all the other teams you want three wins out of the five and how does the season work will you have the same partner for the whole year uh usually you do but it's it, it you can mix yeah you can mix uh, it doesn't matter the girls they just literally have to play with whoever they're told to play with that's on that day uh when i was still playing there my sophomore year some girls they came in the they w woke up in the morning and they still didn't know who they're gonna play with together i don't think that was the best type of uh way how to deal with the no i can imagine yeah challenges of this yeah the preparation of it all it's, it's nice to know who you're playing with and and how to go about it the next the next Definitely. day is there anything that you would change so far about your college experience yes there's very little to change because everything's so perfect there they've thought about all the little details the one thing i would change is i would maybe not train as much in the fall <laughs> because because uh, our season starts only at the end of march and uh, at the end of february march something like that and it's so it's such a long preparation for such a short period of time and i would maybe uh change the way we train a little bit but that's not my call and obviously it's good for me to train hard no matter which month of the year it is it has a problem with your like motion towards training and sort of just the the overall sort of day-to-day -day makes it tough um yes and what maybe makes it tough for me personally is the fact that I spend the whole summer playing FIVB so I don't really get the chance to rest while the other girls mostly do and then they come in into school year ready to start training again but I feel that I need to 
take a little pause, regroup a little bit. This is this is also a great time then for for that sort of pause and to have a bit a bit more of quiet time. Yes, my body definitely is thanking me right now. Work up nicely to twenty twenty one by the time I start training again and yes, all it's going to be a crazy year, so full of everything. Um, have you had the chance to travel and explore much in um, the USA? Do you manage to, to travel a bit or are you so busy? We have gone to USA a lot as a family uh, when I was younger. And uh, we went to California, to San Francisco, New York and stuff like that. But while I've been studying, not that much. This year, when I, had, when I took the gap year, I went to LA just for fun to see my friends. And I ended up going to National Park of Zion. I don't know if you've heard it, but if you Google Zion and look at the pictures, it's, you look, it looks like you've leave, left the earth and you're on this different planet, which looks like paradise. And I spent three days hiking there. It was so nice. And uh, I would love to do something similar again. And um, also a city that really impressed me was Los, Las Vegas, but that's because of a tournament, the four star that happened there. And I was blown, my mind was blown. I, I wasn't, I, I couldn't have real uh, imagined that a city like that can exist on this uh, planet because it literally feels like you're in a video game. It feels like you look at the buildings and the people and the lights and it doesn't look like you're in real life. It looks like you're a character in a, in a movie or a video game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Vegas is, yeah, crazy, crazy place when you first go, go for the first time. Um, California is just has everything doesn't it like it's, it's such a it's such a sort of diverse but something there for everyone do you could you see yourself living there after you finish studying seeing yourself um no i think uh i think i will return to europe at least and probably latvia of course because as far as uh, i want to keep playing professionally i have to be where my partner is and anastasia she lives here in latvia but uh just personally as a as a person i i would enjoy having like a house in california for sure but that's of course is so expensive that probably i would not have enough money to do that but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't want to live there all year round there's always scotland edinburgh yes scotland <laughs> that's that's the calling for me <laughs> definitely At one place uh, this, this is my favorite place in the world is whitefish in montana so up on okay. the the north of of the state so if you get a chance to go there and judging from what you tell us around hiking and i know you went off on your bike recently you'd love it there it's called okay. the, the big sky country i've been there skiing but also been there in the summer where there's lakes and yeah really what really is my favorite place in the world so there you go i'll swap your zion for whitefish montana as a recommendation right. i'll write that down you once said tina that um you don't want to disappear in the usa that's the thing that um, pops up when you search my name in Google, right? <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> um, that's that's a yeah, very I, I old thought, article. I think. Yeah, I just I just it was worth touching on because I, I did a bit of digging around for, for this interview. Yes, it certainly hasn't been the case, has it? Yes, it's almost been it's almost been the opposite. Yes, um, when I. When I had that interview, that was my first year into USC pretty early on. And um, and the, the attitude towards um, 
uh, volleyball players going to United States here in Latvia is not the most positive. I, I with my example, have changed uh, the view on this a little bit, but not that much because the previ- all the previous players uh, who uh, got a scholarship there and went, almost not a single one of them have uh, kept playing volleyball after they finish their collegiate career. And so the so people were saying that in America they just use you they just like take everything from you and like don't really care that much about you as a persona and they just want you to play for the team doesn't matter if you're injured just play they they're gonna put some painkillers in you just go and play take the points and and that's why a lot of the girls got very bad injuries and um and yes, and that's why I said that I don't want to disappear in the United States. I want to sh- like make an example where I, other girls can look at me and say that it doesn't matter that if they're going to go to the U.S. It doesn't mean that they will not play for the national team, that they will not come back to Latvia, that they will not, uh, uh, yes, represent their country. So that's that's what I meant by saying that. College volleyball strange, isn't it? Like like that because it almost feels that for lots for lots of the Americans, that stage is the biggest stage that they'll play on, and that that is that is yes. it for them because the exit route is not so at the moment. Yes, and that's um, a very big difference between the mentality of European players and American players. Because for the American girls, like the college girls, seem like the stars. That's like all they ever want to be when they grow up. And that's why it feels like their career is going to the end when they finish college. Uh, but for Europeans, it's it's not that it's not. It's the almost same. like a stepping stone, isn't it? It Europeans? is only a yeah. stepping stone, exactly. And uh, that's how I've been treating USC as well. Fascinating. Yeah, it explains quite a lot of the success, and you have a clear route through from from being a, a track athlete through to a college superstar and. Yeah, someone who's qualified for the Olympics already. Um, what have you? What What do you feel that that being at USC has taught you? So, if you, is there any lessons or any? Have you Have you come back a different person? Oh has yes, aided. I've. Uh, I can feel in myself that I've. Uh, I, I am a different person. I've. Uh, I've adopted adopted a little bit of the American uh, extrovert uh, characteristics uh, in my character as well i i've learned how to small talk with people that's an important skill (laughs) it's such an important skill and it's like on the levels on the highest levels in the united states if you don't know how to do that you're lost in the social scene so that's something i learned and i'm very appreciative that i have had the chance to learn it but volleyball wise um what i love about usc it's um it really pre- pu- pushes their athletes to be leaders, to be scholarly, uh, courageous. So we have all these um, words that are uh, team words that we choose at the beginning of the year, what we want to embody and uh, these values. And uh, USC has taught me that being an athlete is something it's a responsibility. It's not just uh, trying to uh, 
get fame and get money and get good results it's a responsibility towards other people that look up to you other people that just enjoy watching your game and you have to show yourself you have to be respectable and and um and yeah, I'm, miss, I'm missing words a little bit to say right now. I, some adjectives that I would probably be able to say if I had been studying there this year as well. I've forgotten a little bit about them. But uh, yes, it's the, it's the integrity that USC has taught me. And actually, maybe a little side note that I would want to go into is interestingly the fact that we, in the United States, we, have, we can't play in bikinis. We play in uh, shorts and uh, a shirt. And it's actually such a big difference mentally how i feel on the court and um in the terms in the sense that when i play in college it feels more like i truly represent just usc and i fight for this university and it's not about me about my body because let's be honest some people just do watch beach volleyball just because of like looks and this uh this rule that we have to play in like shirts it changes the mentality how you feel about what you fight uh, what you play for would you like to see that done on the world tour as well no no because uh it is more comfortable comfortable to play in a bikini it's or uniform it's uh it's not like we put it on just to look good or something like that but it does change how how you think about yourself a little bit because i have these discussions with some of my friends that are not from volleyball and i'm sure louis louis you have them but i always say if a sport yeah, is played on the beach and it's hot what are they yes. going to wear in reality what would you wear I mean, it's going to be a bikini or shorts and, and a vest. Yeah, that's such a good argument, actually. And I've written an, I've written essays, I've researched this topic. And the fact is that it actually, it's not even a law that we have to wear the bikinis. We can actually wear whatever, basically almost we want, like long sleeves, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's it's truly, it comes down to the fact that I, I don't, I want to feel the most comfortable yeah. on the court. Yeah, it is called beach volleyball, so therefore naturally bikini mm. shorts and vests yes anything else from your time in in california is there anything you would um we're going to ask you in in just a moment for our last feature sort of some some tips but before we ask you for your tips on on getting a scholarship in the usa would would you recommend it to any young volleyballers because i know having been in new zealand and australia during the winter doing some work and uk it's something that so many uh, young athletic girls who play volleyball are shooting towards um, as being a big goal for them. Would, would you recommend it? Has it been yes. everything you thought it I would? I would really recommend it. It's, uh, you get a lot of good connections. You get a lot of good experience. And so you just have the opportunity to stale off the adult world a little bit. Like you don't have to go work yet. You don't have to think about how am I going to combine training and my job and or studies because like you have some some people have to do all these those three together and then most often they just choose to stop training so that's the perfect place where you can uh, keep keep the uh beach volleyball part of your life still intact and me and matt are in our in our 30s now and we're still trying to keep the beach volleyball <laughs> part of our life yes <laughs> yes and it's hard it's not that easy right 
Yeah, it gets gets more difficult as you uh, as you get older. older. Yeah, (laughs) good to know. Last question from me. Small talk. That was what I wanted to ask about. You've you've now taken small talk back to Latvia. How's how's that gone? It's it's gone in the way that now Anastasia tells me that I am I have to be the one who starts the conversations with everyone. <laughs> She's the one just standing, and I I'm the one who approaches people. But I don't mind. I like it. Do you find that's the biggest cultural difference between Latvia and the USA? Oh yes, definitely. I, I as a Latvian before going to U- USC, I I I would just not know what to how to start the conversation with like people I don't know but maybe it's just my personal character because of course there are some people here that are naturally well in small talk right shall we wrap up then with our feature I'm I'm interested in this as well not for myself clearly as Louis has already given away my age but for (laughs) loads of people uh, a college scholarship is is an option they are thinking about so what tips could you give to anyone, male, female, who is looking to work towards and, and eventually hopefully receive a college scholarship? Yes. Okay. So I have prepared some tips. Um, and the most important one of them is, of course, you have to show good results. You have to be a good player by yourself. Uh, you can't just lie your weight way out of how how much you know how much of a good player you are but uh, the other tip would be that you have to establish a personal contact with the coaches a lot of people do just just emails but actually it's better if you just take up the phone and call them like 90% of time they will not mind at all that somebody calls them it's it's their job at the end and in that way you the person leaves a stronger impression and you get to remember remembered um also uh emails also are necessary so the third tip is that sometimes they do get lost and um when you're trying to contact a coach and trying to show that they should take you as a recruit, then sometimes you just have to catch their attention. And uh, I found, I've heard that some girls put their best uh, achievements right on the subject line. And that apparently catches the attention of the coaches. Um, also, um, also the, it's good to have a highlight video of you playing that doesn't hurt to so that the coaches can visualize you and yes and finally it's if you have the chance you should uh, go and play in the underage international tournaments because those are the best stages where young players can prove themselves and uh, that's where that's where most of the people i know that come from international uh backgrounds have been recruited just like myself included and uh, that's why if you show a good result there, you might not even need to write all those emails or call all those coaches. They will call you. And uh, unfortunately, that is the harsh truth that all these tips, they can help you. But at the end of the day, it all comes down of just how good a player you are. And, and a little bit, I assume, of, of luck and timing. Like timing, I always say, is everything. So to be in the same place as that coach, for example, for you, Yes. And for your dad to have that conversation, that's a little bit of planning from his side, but also a little yes. bit of timing and luck as well. Yes, exactly. Timing and luck. But um, 
Anna Collier, she was she was uh, already then a USC coach, but when I reached the age of when I could be actively recruited, other other universities that I hadn't met the coaches also tried to contact me. So it actually it's not that important if you if you happen to meet the coach in some tournament in the last years. It's just also the result. You need to How many show. offers did you have? Um, I had the three I remember was USC, UCLA, and Stanford, and then USC was the just three. Best. Yeah, USC was the <laughs> choice I made. Was that a difficult choice? Or, yes, or was because, it always uh, kind of that direction you were leaning? Uh, no, not at all. I I wasn't even sure if I want to go to United States to study. So. Uh, from in my perspective it didn't matter in which university I go if 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 I end up going and also I didn't uh, I I hadn't grown up with knowing which university which university is good like if if I would be a US if I would grow up in the United States I would probably already hear some stuff or something like that but I had to research everything on Google but uh, my dad helped me very much because he grew up in the United States himself. He's very much into sports, so he knew what what direction I should be going into. That's it's been amazing. Tina. Yeah, we're we're finished. I'm, I'm sad about it. You've you've been you've been charming and yeah, very very interesting. It's 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 made Thank a great. You. Always pleasure um, to share share my experience. It's been it's been great also to have the birds in the background whilst we've been doing these. Yes, I'm in, my, I'm in my garden. I hope it doesn't disturb you. No, it's no, not it's too lovely. I, I was thinking of adding it to future ones, you know, kind of faking it, have these bird noises every now and again. No, yes. It's lovely. Sometimes yeah. some waves, in well, yeah. maybe. In the maybe I should just do the green screen and put myself <laughs> on the beach, right? Yeah. yeah. On Zoom, that is possible, That's but we, we won't do that. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, brilliant. Thank you. We, we, we wish you nothing but so much luck when it comes back round your way next with weapons going back to school and then playing the Olympic games. And yeah, we just think that you have such a bright future in, in the sport and you're, you're already on your way to being a superstar of it. But thank you so much for making the time to come on and share these. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. For inviting me. I think everyone's going to enjoy this, this trilogy a lot. Um, Matt, that's that's it. Another, Another one, one done. done. How good that? Yeah, really good, really good. And uh, obviously, once we finish these features with the the star players, we're going to kind of convert a little bit and start doing a little bit more live podcasting. So around what is happening in the the weeks, etc. So yeah, looking forward to that. These features have been brilliant. But um, with activity starting again, so we need to adapt and uh, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, we're gonna have competitions going on again. The during when when we get to play it, or I, I won't be playing it. Um, but <laughs> team playing again, podcasting and talking about it. Yep. And we, we, we honestly can't wait. And I'm really excited about this podcast because so far it's yeah, so much fun to do. So thank you very much, Matt, and thank you to our listeners. Make sure that you subscribe, tell your friends, and suggest guests. You can even send us the questions. Talk to the world best. Use the hashtag Let Volleyball Talk. Finally, for myself, Louis Let, the A Space and the CEV. It's another great episode. Thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to having you again sometime very, very soon.